is today. Today? It is Wednesday, my dude. This is gonna be great! <laughs> Good morning, or afternoon, or evening, or whatever time it may be that you are viewing or listening to this podcast. It's another Wednesday, so it's another uh, devotional podcast thing from yours truly, Pastor Adam. Another Wednesday. Is it just me, or does it seem like May has been like the longest month of the year. Not that anything bad has happened. It's been a pretty good month for me, but I'm just, it just feels like it's still May. I know it's the 30th, this is the last day, but it's like, I feel like it's been May for a couple months now. But maybe it's just me. I don't know. One thing I want to do, uh, explain before we get started. Uh, I've been doing this for a couple years now. It started with just my phone on a couch. Then I have increased my production, you know, all that kind of stuff. And uh, I feel like up until last week, I had a really good sound, like professional. I went, I've tried different microphones and uh, like from lapel mics to sure desk mics, all kinds of stuff. And there's always like this weird sound that I didn't like. It didn't sound super professional, like all the podcasts that I listen to. So I finally got it set up with a mixer going into the right um, interface into the right software that it sounded really good. And then I would smooth it all over by hitting this uh, dynamics processing that says smooth vocal. And guess what? It was smooth and I liked it and it was good. Uh, but one problem I've always had was going into my software, I'm only getting a mono signal. So it wasn't in stereo. So what I had to do is post-production is do a bunch of stuff and make it into stereo. You'd never know the difference, but Right. So, but anyways, the, the moral of the story is I had a good sound until last week. I plugged everything in just like I always do. I changed nothing. All of a sudden I got a stereo signal going through. And I, I don't know why I just decided last week to do stereo. And you think, well, this is what you've been looking for. Sure. I agree. I wanted stereo, but now the sound doesn't sound as good. It's a little more tinny, a little more reverby. And even when I use the anti-reverb setting. It just makes it sound weird. So I'm still working on it. This morning I put up a bunch more acoustic panels up, hoping that, I hope this fixes it. I don't know, man, but it's frustrating when you get to a place where you're like, I'm, I'm good. And then something happens. So <coughs> if it sounds weird, swallowed wrong. If it sounds weird again, I apologize. I'm working on it. I got to figure this thing out. Right? Right. All right. Woo, so today, the topic that I kind of want to talk about is fandom, being a fan of something, loving so much, loving something so much that you're a fan. What is a, a fan short for? It's short for fanatic. And this all, this whole idea comes from this weekend. I was driving to a car show um, this past Sunday out in I think it's in Daniel Island. I don't know. In the GPS, it still says Charleston, but who knows? But it's called Alan Octane. It's a really cool place. And 
Weather was great. I thought we thought it was gonna get rained out. Turned out it was all right. But I was driving there. And by the way, speaking of car shows, I gotta go down this little rabbit hole here uh, because I'm talking about car shows. I'm thinking about the cars. I'm thinking about custom cars, and this kind of triggers me. Last night, I watched uh, this new show on TV called Hot Wheels: The Ultimate Challenge. And I was excited for this show. I saw that it was coming on after America's Got Talent. And I was like, woo! And so I hit record on it. I'm going to watch that later. And um, so I love cars. I love car shows, both in person going to a car show. I love the ones on TV. Like, I regularly watch all the Meekum auto auctions. I like My Classic Car, Texas Metal, Bitchin' Rides, uh, Diesel Brothers, when Fast and Loud was on, all that. I even watch a bunch online, like on YouTube. There's a there's a channel called Donut that's all about cars and all the stuff. And um, and Gas Monkey has it. So I love it. Oh, and uh, there's the one where everybody uh, uh, flips the cars, the English show. That one's good too. Anyways, I love cars. I like them, right? Um, but this Hot Wheels Ultimate Challenge was downright offensive and ridiculous. It literally made me mad watching it. Like, I was frustrated. As a non-car builder, like, just take this into account. I can only do the minimum kind of maintenance stuff on cars. Other than that, I'm lost. If you break down and it's just you and me, we're staying broke down. I don't know how to fix it. I know a lot of people who do. If we have a phone, I'm going to call somebody. But I don't know how to fix it. But, so that being said, me as a non-car builder, a non-customizer, I was offended watching this show. And I promise I'm going to get to the devotional part shortly. But just check this out. Uh, last night, two Ultimate Hot Wheels fans um, got to build their dream car. Uh, but they needed to make the cars look a little more Hot Wheels. Now, there was two... Uh, toy car companies back in the day, Matchbox and Hot Wheels. I preferred Matchbox because they were a little more true to the car. I didn't care about the, the dumb stuff that they put on the Hot Wheels, like an engine that's just as big as the car. Oh, it was like, whatever. But this is Hot Wheels, so that's what you gotta do. One guy on there picked a 69 Challenger, and he said the goal was to make it pop a wheelie. And I remember looking over at my wife during this, and I go, that's a heavy car. I don't know how he's going to pull this off. Like, he's going to need a lot of power to do that. Um, so what did he do? He's good. so here's how we're going to do it. We're going to take the engine out of the front. We're going to put it in the back. And I was like, first of all, I don't like that idea at all. And I was like, but then I was like, I mean, there are mid-engine cars. There are cars that had the engine in the back. If you, not any that you would think are like, I mean, if you think of drag racers, they're, they're engines in the back. So, okay, I'll go with you for a little bit. Um, but then, uh, as, as they were doing it, they were like, yeah, we're just going to pull it out and throw it in the back. And I'm like, hold on. You got to change the chassis. You got to redirect the drivetrain. You have suspension issues. Uh, there is a whole lot of work that goes into this. And then the host says, you have one week to make it happen. I said, nope, not going to happen. They have way too much to do, even though they're given a couple fabricators to help them and whatever. Like that. They're like, it's impossible. It's impossible to make this work in one week. Never. Never going to happen. Um, next thing I know, like I said, it's impossible. They are installing hydraulic lifts in front of the rear tire to make it pop a wheelie. We're not talking about popping a wheelie, like hitting the gas and you go fast. No. They hit a button 
and the car lifts up to do a wheelie because it's on hydraulics and it's still touching the car. It's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. And I was just like, and, and the guy who did this, he's like crying, oh, it's old yellow again, back my old car. Like his, it, it was maddening. And then the other uh, car builder had a 2009 Camaro and what they did was put this terribly ugly body kit on, a gigantic wing and put neon lights over. It was just, it's not for me. It it's gonna make me my blood pressure go up every time I watch it. So I'm taking it off the DVR. I'm not doing it. I'm sorry that I went down that, but I was just thinking cars and it made it triggered me. Anyways, let's get back to what I really want to talk about. So, like I said, Lowell and I were driving to the car show out in Daniel Island. And we are listening to a band I really like that I would say I was a fan of called In Excess. Now, I love In Excess. But as I was listening to it, again, I was thinking, am I a fan of In Excess or do I just like the hits? I, I talked about this with a friend at, at Pool on Memorial Day when we all got together. I was like, if I only like the hits of a, of a band, like the greatest hits, am I really a fan? Do I have to like the deep cuts, the non-hits to be an actual fan? I mean... Sure, I've listened to their albums. I wouldn't say probably all of their albums I've listened to, but a handful of them. Um, uh, I've listened to songs that weren't hits, and guess what? I don't, I don't really like them. They're not great. Uh, are the true fans the ones that love every song that they make? Because that's not me. I like the big hits. I mean, there's probably a couple that weren't like gigantic hits that I like, but they still had airplay and there were singles released. I wouldn't say that they're probably deep cuts. Now, if we compare In Excess to, say, Need to Breathe, my favorite band, that's why I wore the shirt today, I knew I was going to talk about this, um, I probably love 85% of the songs that Need to Breathe's released. I like another good percentage. There's a small percentage that I don't like the songs. Their last single that they they released was like Talk of the Town, I think it was, during the summer, or last year. I didn't like it at all. But I have t-shirts, I have posters, I have autographed photos, I have my photo taken with them. I've been to like seven or eight concerts of theirs. Um, I know everything about the band, the brothers, the backstory. So I would say, and, and like the deep cuts are even better than their hits to me. So I would say I am a huge fan. But if I was thinking about all the bands that I think I'm fans of, that number for this huge number of bands that I think I'm a fan of comes down quite a bit. So if I have my the the the, the bands that I know deep cuts that I love uh, every album and all that kind of stuff, it's probably like 15 bands that I could consider myself a fan of. And then reviewing it, there's bands that I they thought I loved and that I'm a fanatic of that probably don't. I probably don't fit into that category anymore. Like, like I said, in excess, Hollow Notes. I don't even know if I could name a deep cut off of Hollow Notes. Like, I only know the hits. This is my first concert, but it was like I don't know any deep cuts. With Guns and Roses, I had a whole podcast on that. Led Zeppelin, Chicago, Steve Miller Band, and so on. And uh, it turns out I just really like the big hits from those bands. And that's a tough one for me to swallow because one of my influences, my Vocal influences, I'd say, is George Michael. He is so underrated. His voice is magical. Um, 
But if I think about George Michael, I really only like the album Faith, a few, a handful of his other hits, like maybe one or two songs from other albums and some hits from Wham. But that's about it. Uh, so even though I count him as a major influence in my life of singing, I can't even say I qualify to be like a true fanatic of his, right? And if, and if I think about that, I mean, I might be a bigger fan of Lauren Daigle because I've seen her in concert three times. Uh, I know all of her music and I've never actually even seen George Michael in concert. I did go to a tribute concert for him, but it's not the same. So I don't know. Does that I mean, does the tribute thing even count? So think about what I'm saying uh, as a band. Are you a fan of the band or are you just like the hits? Now, what's the point of this whole diatribe about the bands and being a fanatic? Well, what about Christianity or the Bible? Are you a real fan or do you just like the hits? You like Jesus. You like what he did for us, what he stands for. But you don't really like all the Old Testament and, and the hard deep cuts from the Bible. If you say, if let's just say all these books are different albums or different big stories or different albums and each of them have its own track listing. And, and that's kind of where I had this idea for the devotional. So I was teaching the youth last Sunday about Moses and I asked the students, what do, what do we know about Moses? Um, and they said, well, he, uh, one, one student said, well, he was, uh, a, his, the parents were slaves and they knew that he was going to be killed. So they he put him in a basket. Sure. And then another one said, oh, he left, he led people out of Egypt. Mm -hmm. Now, all this was due to me coaxing and, and trying to help them get some answers because if I just asked, what do you know about this? They just sit there and look at me like I've got three heads. But I got them to talk, whatever. And they said, they came up with uh, God um, sent a bunch of um, plagues to Egypt. And uh, one of the last ones being the firstborn child is going to die, and all of them. And oh, and the, in, in God, Moses and God parted the, the Red Sea. And, and that was, oh, and maybe that they were out in the wilderness for a long time. That, that's what it is. That's the big story. Let's call that story of Moses an album. And uh, the album's called Moses and the Israelites. We know that album. We like that album. It's a classic. But check out some of the deep cuts that, that weren't hits. So like, if here's the track listing, let's say there's one called Pharaoh's Hardened Heart. Uh, track two could be Pillar of Cloud and Fire. Three could be manna from heaven. Four, promised land, no promised land for you. Or five could be like uh, whack the rock with the stick. All these kind of things. Or, or and then there will be the track wandering. So let's 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 listen. Let's press play on on wandering for a minute. Why did Moses and Aaron and the Israelites have to wander in the wilderness for forty years? What's that song about? And I saw a meme recently. Uh, I'll pop it up here. Um, uh, and it's it was like directions from Cairo to Jerusalem, if you were to put it in like Waze or GPS. And it says that uh, if you were to drive, it'd take nine hours and two minutes to get there from Cairo to, to Jerusalem. And if you were to walk, it says it's going to take six days. So I said to the youth, um, you can't walk six days straight. Like, cause this is not stopping. You're just walking. You got to take some breaks. So uh, for the sake of argument, let's give them an extra 10 days. We'll, we'll give them a couple days of lost time. 
sleep time, got to stop and eat, whatever. So let's give them 16 days that it should have taken to walk from Cairo to Jerusalem. So 16 days by foot. Why would it take them 40 years to get to the promised land? And that meme says, you know, Moses was the worst navigator. Well, I don't think he was the worst navigator. Let's read in Numbers 14, 1 through 16. It says, That night all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole assembly said to them, If only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to each other, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. Now, let's not forget the Israelites were slaves. Life as a slave was pretty bad. It was not great. People, nobody wanted to be a slave. Uh, yet, in this scripture, it says, let's go back. I'm ready to be a slave again. Because right, this walking around in the wilderness sucks. And and I told the youth, because we all kind of think that as we read it uh, in Scripture, in Scripture, like, how ridiculous. They want to go back to slaves. And, and, and it's easy for us to read a couple books in the Bible in a couple days and think how ungrateful these people are. I mean, they saw many great things. They, they saw God send the plagues. Um, to Egypt. They saw God part the sea. They saw the pillar of cloud and fire. They saw God provide food and water. They, God was with them the whole time. And they, and they see these with their own eyes. And, and we think, ugh, how ungrateful and ridiculous are these people? But to them, if, if we put ourselves in, this, in their position, they were out wandering in the wilderness for years. And I, and I said to him, let's just say somebody's going to pick you up and take you from Monk's Corner, South Carolina, to Columbia, South Carolina. And you got in the car, and they started driving. And then like three or four hours later, you're still not there. You're going to have some problems, and you're going to have a hard time trusting that the driver knows what he's doing. You're probably going to get mad, frustrated, all these things. And, and you're not going to trust them. But the crazy part of this Bible story is, Trust was the reason they spent so long in the wilderness. The Israelites didn't trust God to deliver them, and God made them wander until they finally trusted him. And guess what? It took 40 years. And there's so much we could go into here, but the point I'm trying to make is it's easy to say we like something, a band, a book, whatever, and, and we think we're a true fan, but in order to be a true fan, we have to love it. And I'm sure there are a bunch of Christians uh, maybe some listening now that only know the greatest hits of the Bible and they don't know or don't have the ambition to, you know, get into the deep cuts, the secondary stories and those lessons that we learn so much from. And then you think, why wouldn't we want to know those deep cuts? Because when when one of my favorite bands comes out with a new song, I want to hear it immediately. I want to know about it. Um, I go and listen to it. And when I think about the Bible, we should be just as excited to read about it and, and, and get into it to explore what God is saying because it's alive and it's speaking to us. But I think there's so many people, as I was thinking about In Excess, and I just like their hits, 
maybe there's a bunch of people who are like, I, I know enough of the Bible. I don't need to get into it. And if we're supposed to worship God, that word worship means so much more than being a fan of it. We should be a fanatic of his word. We should be getting into it constantly and learning more because I love writing messages like the devotionals, the, the writing a message for youth or whatever like that, because it gets me deeper and deeper into whatever I'm trying to, to research and, and, and learn about God. And I think we should all have that ambition. And we have to ask ourselves, are we really a fan of Christianity? Are we a fan of reading scripture? Or do we just like the greatest hits? Because um, I think God wants us to be a fanatic. He wants us to worship him. He wants us to know him. And, and in order to do that, we can't just be surface level, only knowing the big stories, the big hits of the Bible that a lot of people who aren't even Christians know. And that's just not good enough for him. So that's really all I got. It was a weird way that we got here. And I know I went off on that whole car thing for a while. I'm sorry about that. But it's just like, it was the most ridiculous show. Anyways, let's get into reading. It's, it's summertime now. And I know a lot of small groups are not going to be gathering for a little while. So this is the perfect time. Instead of the time that you go to small group, get into scripture and read. It's important. Let's be fans of the Bible. All right? That's my request. That's my hope and prayer for you to read more scripture this summer. You should do it every day. But at least, if you're not doing it all, at least the time that you used to go to small group, do it. Or carve out a little bit of time every week so you can do it. If you've never been in a small group or, you know, you know what I'm saying. Just read the scripture. That's all I'm saying. Have a good one. See you next week. Thank you.